Well, good morning. I want to welcome you to this morning session of Deep Dive. Um, as we continue our time together, we are uh, starting kind of a new Deep Dive uh, this week because we have changed into a new season of time. Uh, yesterday kicked off the first Sunday of Advent, a really special time, especially in the church calendar. For us, practically, we, we begin to enjoy this season for a lot of the obvious reasons. We love Christmas. We love the things that it brings. Um, maybe for some of you, it's the weather. Uh, that's not necessarily my favorite thing, but certainly love the decorations. Uh, just love the festivities that are involved. Um, and, but for the church calendar, this is a special time of year. Advent is a word that means coming or arrival, and it's all about anticipation and uh, what we get excited for because our hope is fixed out on something great that is coming. Now for the church today, we live in a really exciting time because on one hand, the first kind of phase of Advent um, that shares so much from the scriptures is that Jesus did in fact come. And so we are living on one hand on this other side of Advent where Jesus has come, the, the promises have been fulfilled. God has sent his son to be that redeemer, that rescuer for our souls. Now, on the other hand, there is still Advent in our lives. There is still a, a season of anticipation, a waiting, an anxious arrival that we long for, for Jesus to come again. And this is what the scriptures promise. In fact, in the New Testament, um, the scriptures are so repetitive from Jesus himself and his followers that he is going to come back again that it has been said that if you were to kind of uh, spread that out throughout the New Testament, the frequency of Jesus' promises that he will come again would line up to be about one out of every 27 verses in the New Testament. So friends, if he has come before, he is coming again. We are in Advent. We are waiting. And we can fix our eyes on that horizon of hope, knowing that Jesus is going to come again. Now, yesterday we started a new series called Anticipation. And uh, we are specifically looking at some of the ways that God used important roles throughout the Old Testament to begin to point his people to what would be an eventual fulfillment of Jesus. These roles were recognized as prophet, priest, and king. And each role was important to the people of Israel. But even more, each role was going to point to something greater that was coming and how Jesus would eventually fulfill the true and final prophet. He would fulfill the complete and perfect priest. He would become the, the, the comprehensive, authoritative ruler, the true sovereign as king. And so we are looking forward to continuing this as a church. For our deep dive this morning, I want us to think about this idea of prophet, because that's what we talked about yesterday. Um, and because this role is so significant and it had such value to the people of Israel, a prophet kind of the most common word used to associate the prophet in the Hebrew language was spokesman. So the prophet was like an ambassador, a mediator, who spoke to the people the words of God, giving to the people an understanding of who God is, what his expectations are for them, how to live in right a right relationship with God, when necessary, why to change and uh, set your life on a different trajectory, one that would honor God. So the role of the prophet was critical and important. And as a result, this important role was also sort of left open and susceptible to being taken advantage of. 
uh, easy for someone to fill in that void and try to mislead and um, twist people uh, by maybe presuming to be something that they were not. So what I want to talk about with us today briefly is this idea of false prophets. Because the scriptures warn us repeatedly that there are going to be false prophets, false teachers, false apostles, false leaders. This is a theme woven throughout all the scriptures, especially in the New Testament. Um, Paul warns us, for example, uh, how people are going to be led astray by false teachers. Jesus himself here, let me read from you from Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Jesus says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inside, inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. So this is sort of the, the, the foundation, or maybe the blueprint, for how I want to have us think about our deep dive today. Because what Jesus is telling us here in Matthew 7, verse 15, is that these false prophets, false leaders, false teachers... Uh, whatever it is we want to call them, it's all essentially the same thing. People who are going to be put in positions that may look like one thing, but their intentions are another. If the role of the prophet, or in our case today, in the contemporary church today, if the role of the, the pastor or the elder um, or any other church leader is, a, is, a, is important and one that speaks and teaches the word of God, how do we know what the real thing is? How can we discern who is in our case today, a true prophet versus a false prophet. So I want to give us three quick tests. Because Jesus himself says, you will know them by their fruits. Okay, so there will be a way in which their actions and what they do uh, will begin to help us discern and discover what the real thing is. So first way we can discern what is a true prophet over a false prophet is a false prophet or false leaders, do not speak or confess the things of God. Okay, that's very important. They do not speak or confess the things of God. Now let me give us a couple of Bible passages to just think about. Jeremiah 23, verse 16 reads, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. So the prophet Jeremiah is giving us wisdom from God, saying, here's how you can know what a false prophet is. They are speaking things, essentially their own imaginations. They are speaking things that are meant to just sort of fill you up with, with false hope. Because what they're saying is ultimately words that come from them, not from him. Another reference is in 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, where the Apostle John says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether or not they are from God. Why? He says, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So he's recognizing what it is we're talking about today. We're going to be um, uh, confronted with the likelihood of dealing with false leaders, false teachers, false prophets. So what does John say to us? He says this, By this you know the Spirit of God. Here's how you know one that is a true prophet, essentially. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. It's a very important thing, and, and we don't want to miss the, the subtle detail here. John is saying that they confess that Jesus has come in the flesh and is from God, 
That is a true teacher. Because remember, false prophets do not speak or confess the things of God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, John says. So this is one discernible way. Maybe let me put it in a more simple way. And this is something I've shared with you, church, even from the pulpit on Sunday mornings. And for those of you who don't belong to Grace Point, maybe you're just watching this or you come in, come across this on Facebook. Let me give you this one simple thing. You have to always discern what it is you're hearing from whoever it is that's saying it, okay, by what the Word of God says. Okay, this is ultimately the greatest resource and filter for how we can discern whether what we're hearing is coming from a true prophet, leader, teacher, pastor of God, or one that is false. Because what you're going to come to find more often than not is that a false prophet might say things, right? Paul says in 2 Timothy that, you know, people will gather teachers that will scratch their ears, give them something that they want to hear, largely because they're hearing things that satisfy their own self-interests that don't come from God. So one of the ways that we can ultimately understand what is a true prophet over a false prophet is, is what they're saying grounded in God's word. And so as I encourage my congregation, you have to always evaluate what you're hearing on the news, from your friends, on social media, uh, with your family members, people that you respect, including your very pastor. Evaluate what you're hearing by the word of God. Never just take somebody's um, word for it. All right, so that's one of the first. So false prophet does not speak or confess the things of God. Second, I got three things for us. Number two, false prophets have misguided motivation. Let me say that again. False prophets have misguided uh, motivation. You see, true prophets have an undying devotion and loyalty to the things of God. They love the God. They, they, they worship him. They, they are selfless and sacrificial for him. And they do not look for their own interests, but for the interests of others. False prophets, on the other hand, are motivated by a self-interest and a personal gain. Okay? So that's another key indicator. Uh, is what they're saying and doing, even if it sounds pretty good, is it resulting in what is ultimately best for them? And does that seem to be the, the sort of the motivation for even why they're doing what they're doing? In fact, many false prophets in the Old Testament were motivated by and hired for financial gain. And so they would essentially say, uh, say what you wanted to hear and they would in turn get money for it. Uh, there's some great stories, in fact. I wish I could take more, even more time in this deep dive to go into it in the Old Testament. But one example is found in Numbers chapter 22 to 24, where Balaam, a false prophet, was hired um, to essentially cast a spell upon the people of Israel. Balak, the king of Moab, hired Balaam to basically do his bidding. Balaam, a false prophet, accepted this in return for his own self-interest, his own financial gain. But Balaam wasn't able to do that. He couldn't cast a spell on Israel because they are, of course, protected by God, but because he's also a false prophet. He might have the label attached to his name, but he's a false prophet. And he was doing things for a financial gain. All right. Um, Romans 16, 18. Here's just another quick reference. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. 
it's pretty common, smooth talk, flattery, getting you to hear what you want to hear, but ultimately motivated by their own personal gain with a very little care for you as an individual. That's a mark of a false prophet. Third and finally, false prophets say things that do not come to pass. We talked about this quickly yesterday, but this was a legitimate test given by God uh, as a tool of discernment for his people to understand a true prophet versus a false prophet. They say things that just don't come to pass because one of the roles of a prophet is foretelling, speaking things that may come. Um, and they only know it's going to come because the God, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, tells them of these things. He is the only true sovereign. And so a prophet speaks the future because they're speaking the things of God. If it doesn't come to pass, it's clearly not from God, and therefore they are not a true prophet. Deuteronomy 18.22, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord... If the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. But friends, let me leave you with this final test. Okay, The best way to detect a false prophet above anything else is for you to become familiar with the real thing. That's it. The best way for you to detect a false leader, false teacher, false pastor, false prophet is by you becoming so saturated by what is real that you can instantaneously detect a counterfeit. I'm talking about God's word above all things. I'm talking about the person of Jesus above all things. Get to know him. A quick illustration, I've shared this before, is with the Secret Service. We know them as, a, as an organization, an entity that protects the president, but the Secret Service also, and they originally served a primary function of protecting um, our, our, our money. And so fighting against counterfeit and fraud. And one of the ways they would teach and train Secret Service agents to detect a counterfeit was by placing them in a room and giving them nothing but the real thing, a real dollar bill. So they would look at it, they would they would smell it, probably lick it and taste it, feel it. They would just become so uh, uh, aware of the real thing that as soon as a counterfeit, no matter how good it was, was presented before them, they could identify it immediately. And that's the ultimate thing for us as Christians. Um, to know the real thing is to just to get to know God's word, get to know Jesus, um, and everything else will take care of itself. All right, well, thanks for being with me this morning for Monday's Deep Dive. As we look back on yesterday's sermon, Anticipating a Prophet, Pastor C will be with us on Wednesday for another devotional. And this Sunday coming up in our second week of Advent, we will be anticipating a priest. We look forward to that time together. Thanks for being with me. You guys have a great week. Blessings.